Hello listeners, I'm coming at you live from a luxury three-star apartment in Tenerife. I'm out here celebrating my mum's 69th birthday. Doesn't get more rock and roll than that. Yesterday I cycled up as high as I could get towards Mount TD Volcano, which was pretty spectacular and also pretty spectacularly cold. I hadn't packed a waterproof jacket. I was loving my life on the way up, thinking this is one of the best bike rides potentially I've been on, maybe top 10 anyway. Uh, Got to the top where the weather is slightly different, slightly colder than it was down at ground level in uh, Tenerife. And I freeze my nuts off for a good hour descent teeth chattering, um, hands pretty numb. About 200 metres before the top I'd seen a group of uh, European cyclists who told me to turn back and go around and I said, why too cold? And they were like, yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, soft, obviously. (laughs) How wrong I was. But to be fair, it was a looped route and I think I would have got cold either way and it was well worth going up as high as I could. So yeah, that was uh, on the bake pedal, I guess. We have got a great episode today. I've spoken with Nick Barber, a member of the FRA committee whose um, job it is, is to help select the championships the races, where they are, which ones that we get to uh, run on over the course of the year. And he's done us a nice little preview um, going into Long Mind. Going into Long Mind myself, I'm in a bit of a dodgy, dodgy predicament. I've had a great few months, um, I think, being inspired by the podcast. Um, and training's been going quite well, I've been pleased. I thought you could do a little bit more, so I increased my training volumes, squeezed in a couple little extra runs here and there, and I've been loving my life. One guest, speaking off air, mentioned something about how he likes to keep the line on his Strava weekly, you know, total thing really straight and a lot of guests have talked about consistency so this is where I might have deviated from the uh, useful inspiration into the silly and ran the trigger in January which was incredible experience Uh, long-term listener of the podcast and a good friend nowadays uh, Josh Williams was um, and Will the Beast uh, Will Beastman Will Boothman um, they ran it pretty strong and I managed to manage to stay on their heels which was great fun um, from the Marsden to uh, Edale race uh, good nearly four hours won by Joe Oldfield who I would also mention a few episodes back who absolutely storming run in about three hours and 15 minutes and uh, yeah we, we got through it the three of us me Josh and Will it got a bit um, claggy on top of kinder and we got through all the tough organisation and uh, Will decided to, you know, dish out the high fives and then off he trotted. I ran through a gra- like a group of, of, of youth uh, on the top there. And, you know, when you're in a race and I just ran straight through the middle of them, I thought, God, that's rude. 
and I was thinking I probably should apologise and sort of turned back to look and as I then looked forward well I didn't really notice but I basically tripped smashed my hand on a rock landed with it underneath me I thought oh god it's broken bones time um, no bones were broken but I was a bit distracted running down the last descent um, bruised my knee a little bit cut my hands and then Josh Williams was just such a gent that he decided to wait for me and we had a little <laughs> little lover's tiff just before the <laughs> finish line. Um, we were fighting over who should finish 10th and who should finish 11th. I obviously thought Josh, seeing as he actually waited for me, he was worried that I wouldn't know where the finish line was. So we waited outside the nag's head and uh, we jogged it in together and then he made me cross the line ahead of him. So that was nice. Um, coming back to the straight line of weekly training I thought oh well you know a few things ache but I'll just mix it up and I'll run flat I'll run on the road this week and towards the end of the week I started getting a bit of a sore knee and my friend David texted me going you're doing a little bit maybe more than you need to be doing the week after a big race and I'm thinking yeah he's right but you know gotta get that straight line on on Strava you've done really well the last few months you're feeling really strong why not you're only running easy. And uh, yeah, knee started aching and it's been bugging me for the last few weeks since. Managed to do Tigger Tour, which was a great race. Somehow found myself up amongst it. Toby Gill, Navigator of the Year, taking some incredible lines. Um, Alex Mason telling me something horrible about how he dropped his emergency food in the urinal before the run. So thank God he never had to eat that biscuit. Um, this is mid-race as he's just jogging up car walk. Um, and then, yeah, I managed to get through that race. Apart from I didn't quite see where the uh, finish line was. So there's a little video that seems to be lighting the internet up. But yeah, so coming into Long Mind, I am now cross-training a little bit trying to rest, trying to get myself back down to um, normality. I managed to get an infected hand, which gave me a fever for a couple of days because of the cut that I didn't look after. So as a medical professional, I'm doing a fantastic job of looking after myself. But enough about me, and let's get on without any further ado and hear from Nick Barber on this year's Champs. This is a podcast, we talk about running, we talk about other things too. So please come and join us, we hope you enjoy this. This is On The Bake. Alright. Here he is. You know, How are you? You look very smart in that little picture we had just a second ago, Nick. That's my, uh, that's my business profile. Isn't it? What, what, what's your business? What do you do? Uh, it's not my business. I uh, I'm work as a programme manager for a company that makes uh, biological drugs. Oh, wow. So I, uh, yeah, I look after the clients and uh, whatnot. So, no, it's quite interesting. Yeah, that sounds cool. And that's what you're doing today. You're travelling with work and you're... 
what yeah well, i work over in uh over in the northeast and um yeah so i go over for two or three days a week depending on what's going on so i'll stay over the night awesome this is just me yeah being interested not actually i mean i've, I've started recording you're live on you're live on the air yeah <laughs> oh you anyway are you still you were at sheffield wednesday last night you but have you, yeah are you still there or no i left that um working all over places in the peaks really which is quite nice i'm in new mills one day haversage another bakewell now so like New Mills, yeah only the finest, only the finest people come out of New Mills. That's where I grew up. <laughs> is it <laughs> oh amazing yeah, yeah, no, that's right. That's where I grew up. Yeah. Swi swizzles factory anyone in your family work at the old No, swizzles no. My mum taught a lot of them English as a second language. <laughs> the <laughs> locals that the swizzles <laughs> employees. I saw the locals kind of done with it. <laughs> brilliant yeah it's all right isn't it Yeah, no, no, it was a good place to grow up. No, enjoyed it. yeah oh, okay That's why I ran for Pennine for so long. ah Because that's where I'm from, yeah. yeah i might keep some of this in this is this is interesting stuff so is that why because i think last year you did a couple of races in the early bit of the year didn't you Yeah. i think i saw you because my mate sam allen the totley lad he did he did kin which one was it did you do one of the He did the downfall. downfall Did yeah I do the downfall? i Yeah, feel I did do the downfall. yeah and then you've not been not been running them quite unfortunately for a little bit have you Yeah, no, I've been off for about six, seven months with yeah medical investigations on the heart, but we seem to be coming towards an answer, so I'm hopefully going to be able to start doing a little bit more soon, which is oh uh, good. Yeah, I just need to sort out my chronically achy knees now, which... Uh, Might be because of the dragons back a year and a bit ago, or might be just because I'm getting older. probably both <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah because that was it the other one i saw you at was lower borrowdale wasn't it that was the other Yeah, one yeah, I raced at Lower Borrowdale. And and then, then you were spectating at old crown yes, yeah, by old crown I was spectating, yeah. Uh, ah. so, uh, yeah, and I've done quite a bit of spectating since, been out to a few races, done a bit of marshalling. yeah It's, it's just it's been quite enjoyable to sort of give a bit back give a well yeah whenever I'll get injured or a bit ill or sort of 2019 I was a bit ill so I did quite a bit of marshalling then and that yeah but it's nice to sort of take a step back and just yeah not have to yeah sort of reset a bit I think it's it came at a good time last year was busy <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah But I mean, well, let's stay a bit with. So obviously, you were Sheffield for university, weren't you? yeah And then you'd obviously got to know the Peak District a bit when you were living in New Mills. So growing up, did you get into fell running quite young then? Yeah. No, uh, my parents did a little bit, uh, a little bit of running, but we were mainly sort of hiking, climbing, Yeah. uh, sort of hill walking, um, and stuff like that. And then, yeah, I went to. We did a little bit of orienteering as kids, but then as soon as we were old enough to go and do climbing, we went and did climbing, and then went up. Yeah, when I went up to Sheffield for uni. Um, I didn't like the idea of having to wait ages to tie on to a single pitch V-diff or get on a boulder problem. Yeah. And I knew my friend who I'd grown up with, uh, Lucy Spain, um, she had done a bit of orienteering. She said, oh, come along and join Shewok. So I went and joined the University Orienteering Club 
and never looked back. They were just they were the right level of idiocy and entertaining and um exercise and uh, yeah no so that's that's where it all started then started doing yeah. fell running and sort of yeah worked my way up the distances and the toughness of races so yeah, uh, yeah that's that's my history got yourself a little appearance in johnny muir's um the mountains are calling along the way oh, i vaguely remember that yeah i've not <laughs> read it have you not read it <laughs> no i've not read oh. it i vaguely remember him i don't know if he rang me or sent him yeah yeah i think he rang me yeah, he, I was remember that about, he was talking about it was the arm in Scotland in 2015. Yeah, 20, yeah, when my toe fell off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what literally? <laughs> uh, yeah, just the end, just the tip <laughs> fell off, but it was <laughs> it was enough to land me in AE at midnight afterwards and for me to nearly pass out trying to drive home. Wow, <laughs> so you're, you're missing the tip of your big toe. Uh, not my big toe, one of my middle toes, weirdly enough. It's got one yeah. that sticks out a bit. So, yeah, that uh, that rub, rubbed. I think, what was it? I got a blister on the bottom of my foot on the first day. Yeah. So, and then, because it was the first time I'd done Elite, I was like, well, Elites don't carry a spare pair of socks. So <laughs> then my feet got really, like, they didn't recover overnight. And then the second day, I tied my shoe a bit looser to be a bit more comfortable. Yeah. Um, and then it was a really close race me and Jim Mann were in second and at one point all four leading teams were running together um and we were basically we were pushing so hard anti Fallas had such a massive sugar crash he went blind at one point uh so that got rid of them <laughs> but we were pushing so hard that we just did, I didn't notice that my feet were in a bad way and then sort of finished went and got food and then like after half an hour sitting down we stood up and I went ah I can't walk here yeah yeah basically the end of my toe had just blistered off entirely <laughs> Talk us through elite um competitors don't wear spare no don't take spare socks. <laughs> well, How did you there's... come to that a conclusion? Because <laughs> I was young and naive. Um <laughs> I sort of made us I'd won the A the year before by an embarrassing amount. And then I'd had a pretty decent early 2015. So Jim Mann, who was who'd won the Dragons back then, he uh-huh. was basically like, come and do elite, and Jim's really really kit weight geek um so yeah as as a learning experience i was just like he was like you don't need that you don't need that when we're packing the kit and i just heard yeah you don't need a pet you don't need a clean a dry pair of socks yeah you don't need a dry pair of socks and uh ever since then i've always sacrificed a little bit of weight for a dry pair of socks yeah i reckon so <laughs> yeah. and if it's wet i'll put in a dry pair of gloves as well yeah. yeah, it's only bit me once since where I took a slightly too light jacket and we had to bail out of the Langdale one in 2017, oh, which no. was irritating. I think I'd psyched myself out of that one. We so, we so were in a, oh, it's a Langdale on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who so, you yeah. that one? What? Who were you? As with Jim, as with Jim again. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We did we did four in a row together. Yeah. So is like the weight of your bag like a constant source of like contact between the two? Well, so, so I think when I first did it, I did I was like weighing stuff and weighing my bag, and now I sort of know what works. I don't I don't want I don't care about the number. I don't care about the numbers. I just pack what I will need to get me around safely, safe enough, and I don't care about the numbers because it just comes a bit of a dick swinging contest. Oh, what mine weighs 
It's all one my ways. But I spent £900 on a tent because it saved me 150 grand. So it's like, uh, I don't care. Just go training and, yeah, just <laughs> suffer, suffer, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you've... You've been prepared there to uh, lose a bit of your toe, so I don't think you need to take any, any lectures off anyone now about what kit you carry. <laughs> no, yeah, I went from being yeah quite harsh on kit and you know lightweight stuff to now like I'd rather take something that might save my life actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Oh, there you go. You're sharing valuable lessons with the listeners. There, love that. Yeah, the, there's been a few bits where I've not been caught out, but there's been things I've been thought back on it and gone. Yeah, if I'd tripped, I'd be properly buggered. Yeah. If I, you know, if I'd tripped in that weather, and yeah, if it's beautiful sun, sunny summer, you know, yeah. high pressure, lovely and warm, then I will just go shorts, vests, and a bum bag with a little bit in, you know. But yeah, yeah if it's getting a bit dicey, I'll put in a slightly bigger jacket. And yeah, uh, yeah. and I'm all, I'm of the opinion that sometimes survival bags are more useful than uh, waterproof trousers. Yeah, fair play. So, what I'm interested in, like when. Because we first met, didn't we? We first met doing what's that one around Sheffield down at the bottom, down flask relays. Yeah, for Hallamshire. Uh, yeah, in Hallamshire days. And then you must have been like, this guy should not be a fell runner because I gave you a lift home. And I think we must have taken the most convoluted route. <laughs> so like, like he's now off driving around Sheffield. Like, I actually felt bad when I dropped you home because I was like. I'm sure I added about 15 minutes onto that journey just by like, just because <laughs> it gets a bit banged up, doesn't it? Like the traffic getting away. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, yeah. Work your way around the one way system. And then, and then probably after that, you weren't with Hallam, you weren't in Sheffield much longer after that, were you? No, I was back in Sheffield 2014 to 2018. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then I think I might have seen you at the Exterminator once, and then more or less you've stopped wearing a Pennine vest and been in a Helm Hill, is that? Yeah, so yeah, I ran for Pennine up until the end of 2018, and then I moved up to the northeast. Okay. Um, and I said, well, I'm not going to be moving back to the peak, so I joined Helm, uh, just because I had a few friends in there, and I sort of, yeah, and at the same time I was like, they could probably do as someone else to do a long race and can navigate a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, if I wanted to get in their teams, I'd have to improve a bit. So I felt like I could give a bit to them, yeah. but I, they would give a bit to me. Uh, yeah. And as it is three years later, I've, four years later, I've now moved to Kendall, joined the club first, then then moved to it. Um, <laughs> and then of course I've barely, I've barely run for them because a bit of illness, then COVID. And then the last year I've not been able to do much. So, Oh. Yeah, hopefully in the next year or so I might be able to do something, but we're having a kid later this year, so that might ex- explode that idea. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, congratulations. That's uh, one thing. So, yeah. Uh, and then what gets you into, because one of the reasons I got you on the pod, I thought would be great, because we did a little preview episode of Langdale Horseshoe with Dan last yeah. year. And that was good fun. And I sort of feel like, you know, for for the sport, the Fell Running Championship is great. And I think what I'd like to do this year is f- for each episode, we'll do a little preview to get people pumped up for it. 
And I thought what was really interesting having a chat with you from knowing you'd be entertaining guest anyway, but like to have your sort of like your process about how you go to pick six races, obviously too medium, too long, too short. And like what, you know, what goes into that? And I, I think I'm also intrigued is like I've ended up on the Totley committee and I often think, why did I go to that first AGM where there wasn't someone who needed to be the social secretary? <laughs> yeah. And I'm still there four years later. Like, how do you end up on the committee of the FRA? Like what what inspires that? How did you get to that point? So I was I was sort of interested in getting a bit more involved. I think this came out of 2019. I didn't race much. So I felt a bit not necessarily left out, but I felt, yeah. And then, you know, they're sort of, sort of, so I didn't go to many of the chance races because I was living over in the northeast. And then, you know, there's sort of all these new people turning up and you're like, oh, who are these? So, you know, you feel all your friends are still doing it, but, you know, you're feeling a bit left out. And then 2020, COVID happened. Mm. I think COVID, I did, basically, as soon as we were allowed to, me and Jack Wright from Ambleside did the Bob Graham. We were the first two people to do it in 2020. Yeah. Um, and then we did it and it's like, you know, we did decent times. Jack uh, Jack did just under 17 hour. I did 1740. Nice. And that was a brilliant day, just perfect weather, just fantastic day out. Yeah. Um, and then literally, so we finished like eight, nine o'clock at night. And the best thing actually was uh, they gave you a pint when you finished and I got it down in about four seconds, which was the most important thing of the day. Yeah, that's, that's even better than your your run. <laughs> yeah but then, uh, but then so that weekend what happened so we finished our bob graham and then a couple of hours later kim collison broke the 24-hour peaks record yeah and then something else happened in the next couple of days big like that and then there was you know everyone just started breaking all these records yeah. and it's like i'd gone out and i'd done my my big day out you know it's good time and then i was just sort of sitting at home recovering going oh I feel, I feel a bit left out you know there's all these things going on yeah and I can't go and do it because you know I'm still working all the way through through COVID and um yeah. you know, we, were, we were sort of separated and away from like all our sort of group of fell running sort of cohort um and I was sort of like so I was sort of yeah stewing a bit on this and I'd sort of been in contact with some of the people on there for a committee about a few things mm. and then sort of the next year I was at Dunmail waiting so my wife was training for the Bob Graham then. So I dropped her off at Thrill Cars and drove to Dunmail to meet her. And when I got there, it's always good to just go out and see who's kicking about, who's having a go at the Bob. So I chatted to a few guys I vaguely knew from uh, Northumberland Fell Runners. And uh, Charmian, the FRA chair, yeah. was there in a van because Nikki Spinks was having a go at the 24-hour women's record. Um, I think Finn Wilde was meant to be had that pen weekend penciled in as a record attempt, yeah. uh, but there was a bit too much snow. Um, so he didn't go. But anyway, I got sort of chatting to uh got chatting to Charmian and um she was like, You're just the man. I need to find someone to do the champs races from next year. Do you fancy it? So I sort of I you know, I, I having moaned to my wife about feeling a bit out of it and left yeah. out, I couldn't really say no. You're um, in the heart of it now. So yeah, so I um what did I she said, yeah. see, what did she see in you that she said that's my guy for organizing the champs? <laughs> well, I think I've I'd sort of shown a bit of interest in being involved on the FRA and I've raced quite a quite quite a few races. I've done the champs sort of every year pretty much since 2012. So I sort of, you know, I know how it works and what what the races yeah. 
in in town and what they need. Yeah. Um, but also I've got, you know, I know the lakes race as well, but I know the peak very well. I sort of know yeah. bits of the northeast pretty well, so I've got a bit more sort of geographical spread. Yeah, uh, that Shami was sort of after having a bit more sort of knowledge outside of the lakes and yeah, yeah in different areas of the country. So while I'm a bit lacking maybe in sort of bits of Yorkshire and bits of Lancashire, mm. um, I've sort of yeah I got a, a bit more sort of down in the peak in different areas. So mm. uh, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons. But I say I was just like yeah, I'll, I'll think about it, and I sort of shadowed. Leslie Malarkey, who was the champs coordinator that year, mm. and sort of suggested a few races when she was struggling to find, I think, a short and a medium for the last year's champs. Um, and then, yeah, took over once well, those were in place, the 2022 races were in place, so I just took over. Um, and yeah, so the 2023 champs are my first set okay. um, of, of champs yeah. races that I've I've selected. Your first um, mixtape, your first gig. Yes, my first, yeah, my first greatest hits collection. And <laughs> I think I've picked a series that I'd quite like. Yeah, I quite li- I like the races. You know, they're challenging. You've got some sort of ones that sort of crop up every now and then in the champs. Um, there's some that haven't been in for a while. Uh, yeah. There's one new one in a new area that the champs have never been to, from what I can tell. Okay. Uh, and yeah, there's sort of a mix of sort of your, your rough, airy ones and your, your slightly faster uh, ones. I've, I feel there's a decent mix there. It's maybe not as balanced as I'd have liked, but sort of scheduling and availability and stuff yeah. comes into play. So I'm sort of fairly pleased with what I've got. And uh, yeah, got sort of irons in the fire for the next couple of years. So yeah. Yeah, awesome. I was at, that, that was the first thing I was thinking when you were talking then. And I was like, do you know what? If I had your job, I'd be like, and don't worry, it's never going to happen. But <laughs> I'd be like, oh, and like you said about Yorkshire, I can imagine that you sort of like get the the fixture list come through the door like when we all do and you're like never done that race I've never done that race I've not been there and I bet you like <laughs> do you find yourself just scoping like random little races and like I could do that race just to see if I think that would make a good champs race and then you get there and you're like you know has this race got the capacity to suddenly have 300 people at it yeah. or you know like and you're yeah. like do you ever like do you find that you are just now your brain is just champs man like mind and you're just always eyeing it up so like when I was sort of in my mid-20s I was always like trying like ear to the ground trying to work out what next year's champs races were and there was like a like an almost <laughs> a secret currency as to you know who found oh, I was like, oh hey this one's going to be one oh I've heard this you know and some of them were scurrilous rumors but in generally you'd get to sort of like mid to late august and you'd know what four four of the six would be basically so i was always like i was always sort of really hyped to try and find out and then then i sort of i sort of didn't care really so i thought i'll find out when we find out and so now i'm like it's like uh, yeah i've now got the the job that like yeah 25 year old me would have been like what um Yeah. yeah and but when it comes to sort of picking i think most of the ones this year sort of i sort of sort of pick a few so Dudden it used to be you'd always have a long Lakeland Classic and it was Wasdale, Ennerdale, Dudden or Borrowdale uh-huh. but then sort of in the last few years there's sort of other races come along so Buttermere, yeah. Scar- uh, Buttermere Horseshoe came in which is a super long classic old crown rounds sort of got going yeah. uh, and then there's also um, Great Lakes as well so they're sort of your long yeah. 
the long races. So it used to be sort of the, the original four on rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other three have come in. So Dudden was last to Champs Race 2015. Um, yeah. And obviously we had the year off with COVID. So it was sort of, it's sort of Dudden's time to sort of, to come around again for the long race. Um, and then that race, so that long race, you'll have a winning time of, say, two and a half hours plus 2.45 uh-huh. um, plus. Uh, so the other long race, you sort of want it to be a bit more sort of around the two, two, two to two and a half hour mark. And that's where sort of separate hills came in. And that's been a champs race a lot in the past, 2011, 2014. I think 2011, it was the first champs race I ever did. Is this all um, in your head, Nick, or have you got like a uh, yeah, this is a detective like wall wall? Plan? This is all in my this is all in my head at the moment. Um, <laughs> so that's where the long races came from. I was initially looking at something else for a long race, but then Dudden is very close to the European Mountain and Trail Running Championships. Mm-hmm. Dudden was going to be the British counter, yeah. Um, but it can't be the British counter if it's a, that close to a race where we're going to be sending a British team. So I then had to sort of scrabble around to try and find another long race. So that's where, yeah, Sedbra sort of came in. I had to sort of jiggle around a couple of other races around Sedbra yeah. there. Um, so, yeah, so that's sort, of, that's sort of how the long races fell into place. Um, short races. So I'd literally just, this was 2021, so I'd just spoken to Charmian and she'd suggested, do you want to go, you know, be on the committee? And mm. I was at Ennerdale, which was a chance for, first champs race after covid and i um parked up next to a guy i know from durham fell runners andy blackett and i knew that he organized a few races and he was i was like do you have any a category races up near you yeah. and he so him and his wife organized the chapel fell top race yeah and i was like you know what do you think at some point in the future um and yeah he was fairly keen um he's you know he thought about it and then i went to the race last year it was actually the last race I did before I was told to stop running. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I went out there. Um, sort of had a, had a, it was, yeah, it was a Tuesday night race. I uh, had a bit of a scope. Uh, and, yeah, no, that was, I knew it was sort of, I had a, a vague idea of what it was about. Um, but, yeah, no, that was a sort of scope. And, yeah, a bit of a different race, race in an yeah. area that we've never been to before. Um, so that was sort of nailed in. Um and then it was all like onto them. I didn't have any mediums really. Um, and I was like, well, Longmin Valleys is sort of a classic medium. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a champs race before, but it is, it's, it's always early season. There's sometimes they always have the race in early Feb. Yeah. And then they'll sometimes put in a champs race, a specific champs race in March. So mm-hmm. I sort of asked if there was a chance of it going in in March or something. And they said, not really, because they're sort of nesting birds. Yeah. I was like, well, it has, there have been champs races in february before yeah. it's something that i wouldn't want to do all the time but i think every now and then it gives you a bit of variety and the fell champs you know you need to select you know it needs to select the best all-around fell runner so yeah. i think having something in there every now and then that you know there's the opportunity of poor weather yeah. uh you know people have to sort of test different skills i think it it's worthwhile putting that in every now and then and mercy are always put on a good show you know they've got a good you know great range of hills there and good um, sort of you know, good parking and sort of school that they can use as an event centre, which is something you also have to think about as well. Um, and then I was like, well, what do I pair that with? That's quite a long medium. It's sort of like the record's just over an hour and a half. Yeah. It's all up and down. It's like a sort of a, like Liège, Baston Liège. Yeah. Uh, 
you compare it to a cycling race, it's like, well, I want the Lakeland, like a classic lakes medium to sort of pair against that. So initially I was sort of looking at Coaldale because that's one in about 70, 75 minutes or so, which would sort of match well with the time of Longmint Valleys. Yeah. Um, but then that's on the same weekend as the British Champs race in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Um, and they can't move Coaldale uh, back because of Lamin, basically. Um, yeah. So that was out. So I was sort of looking around a couple of other races, looked at Coniston, but they're changing race organiser, so they weren't particularly keen. And that would have been really good, that sort of 65 to 70 minute winning time. So uh, last to Champs race in 2014. So, you know, I thought that was due one, but they weren't they weren't keen at the moment. Um, and then I was in a pub in Kendall with uh, Reese Finney Robinson. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I just need to find another medium. And then John Deegan from Ambleside, who organises Fairfield, walked in. And I was like, you're the man for me. <laughs> um, so did that was that one nailed down. Yeah, did, you, did you charm him? <laughs> no, I didn't. We were off to another pub. <laughs> <laughs> Just see you later, mate. Oh, by the way. Yeah. We do? So that, there was a bit of back and forth on that. Um, I'm aware that Ambleside, you know, put on, they host quite a few champs races. So just wanted to check they were okay. Because, you know, Langdale last year, mm-hmm. Fairfield, um, you know, they, they put on quite a lot. And uh yeah, but they, John came round eventually, uh, bumped into him in another pub and uh, bent his ear again. Um, <laughs> and then it was just a case of sort of the last shorts and having grown up in New Mills, yeah. I sort of know the West area, the Peak District a little bit. Don't know the Glossop, Bleaklow Hills quite as well, mm-hmm. but I knew that Shelfmore had been a champs race in the past and yeah. I'd never run it myself, but I sort of knew the hills a little bit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's sort of... Um, yeah, a little bit longer than Chapel Fell Top. Uh, Chapel Fell Top's an out and back, and there's but there's quite a bit of sort of like once you pass the fell wall, it's quite heavy going underfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a little bit of route choice sort of up at the top, despite it being an out and back sort of yeah. picking your line. Um, whereas um, uh, Shelfmore is sort of a bit more defined, sort of fast, runnable, then a steep lungbuster climb, and then sort of a really quick, fast run off the uh, run off the top. So, uh, yeah, that was that, and uh, yeah, Glossopdale were, were willing to host. So, uh, yeah, it eventually all fell into place a little bit later than I'd have liked. Yeah. Got them all in sort of by early September, but uh, yeah, initially I was like, oh, I can knock this out by June, and then I can just chill out for the rest of the year. But no, yeah. eventually, yeah, got got it done, and then it was a case of yeah, got everything finally confirmed early October, so we could yeah. I thought there's no point waiting. Might as well get them out in October at the after the last champs race at Langdale, so that everyone's got a uh, a fair crack at um, getting themselves organised, especially with a really early race at, at Longmind. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So yeah, that was that was my process. I wouldn't say I really trawled through the calendar much. I, I went through sort of looking at AMs. Uh, yeah. But yeah. In terms of I sort of did it off off the top of my head to a certain extent, or yeah, who you bump into in a pub really so yeah some uh, maybe some races i'm looking at for the next couple of years based on who i've bumped into in pubs yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a few race organizers either going out more or staying home more based on yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and in general everyone's been really keen uh yeah the only ones that have sort of said not really because of yeah sort of new race organizers so yeah um, it's a big thing to take on Everyone's it is it's a big deal, especially if your race might only get sort of a hundred or so people to suddenly yeah. expand that to 
400 or so it's yeah it's a big deal but we've got the you know there's there's a lot of knowledge within the community there's a not fell running community there's a lot of knowledge within clubs yeah. uh you know there's sort of quite sort of outside the box thinking for sort of like parking and toilets and stuff can go on um and then you know we've got the um the fra race liaison officer team who can sort of you know they can um sort of direct the organizers when it comes to comes to sort of both safety but also the infrastructure and logistics a bit as well so yeah yeah it's uh no but the clubs do a great stunning job of completely indebted to the race organizers and all their teams of family marshals helpers car parkers you know and the the families as well yeah it takes up takes up a bit of time organizing a race yeah that's done it yeah definitely i mean we see that with even just like the totley series like the people who organize the races put in like a hell of a lot and even though the same race runs you know maybe a slight yeah. change every year they still have to go through all the permissions about land and like go yeah. through all the rigmarole all the paperwork and all that stuff so yeah it's quite like it sounds like you've got a bit of a job on and then you've got you're finding six people who are already doing a pretty big job and making it a little bit bigger, but all for the good of the sport, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's in general. Well, I really like that you said, and it was kind of what about you saying about long mind. You're trying as well as to like get dates that fit and you know races that are a little bit different, and like you say, you're trying to find a champion that has a mixture of skills so you're finding different challenges for them so that's a kind of because there will be people hopefully hopefully like we're helping to get people interested in the sport as well and there will be people who are thinking i've got no idea what longman valleys is about i've got no idea what fairfield is about and if you could like maybe talk through just for like not too long but about each race and kind of how you see that race as like you know what what it'll bring to i don't know if this is too 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 clever a question but you know what it'll sort of like challenging a person why you kind of what you think those races are they steep aggressive races are they because like you know i've not recceed any of fairfield or dudden yet so i've actually got you know apart from i've made a really bad joke that you can go instead of dudden like i've got nothing <laughs> so yeah if you would you be happy to do that just talk through like talk through the six races in order and just like yeah. almost like salesman pitch this is what this race is about this is what you're getting yourself in for kind of thing so yeah Longmin valleys um so yeah as i mentioned it's a you know quite a long medium sort of winning records around an hour and a half um and it's it's just steep the hills on there are steep they're sort of like the howl gills um steep and grassy with you know um and uh, all i recall from when i did it when i've done the race before it's just people saying so it's an it's an 11 mile race but the last sort of three and a half miles take as long in terms of time as the first seven and a half because you've sort of got sort of steep pull i think there's i've someone on my strava has been out wrecking it in the last couple of days i sort of counted there's like i can't remember how many climbs are there uh is there seven I think there's seven or eight mm. and they're all about sort of 150, 200 metres in general. Um, but yeah, that sort of you've got a 
couple of climbs there's sort of a, a more runnable section and then a few smaller climbs but then yeah the last three climbs up uh was it yeah nils and yearlet i think are the last two they're just absolutely savage and basically if you've gone a bit too hard early on or pushed a bit too much on the runnable bit mm. um you're just absolutely swimming and you're going backwards you just drop anchor um <laughs> so yeah that's sort of like it's you know, there's a good bit of pacing in there, but, you know, your ability to sort of do climb after climb after climb. Um, and also with it being early season, it's, you know, there's a little bit of sort of throws a bit of a, a mixer in there. Just, you know, see how people are coming out of winter. Some people might have come out of really good cross country season. Uh, some people may be saving the beans for the national a couple of weekends later mm-hmm. uh, and not racing. Uh, you know, some people may think it's a bit early. So, um but yeah, it being early, you know, it could be a lovely cold, crisp day, um, or you know, there could be there could be some weather about to make it a bit more interesting. I think, I think I saw pictures of people last when it's a chance race about 2011, 2010, mm-hmm. snow sort of bum sliding down. So yeah, a little bit of uh, yeah, there a little bit of uh, an unknown element there. Yeah. Um, and then you go on to Fairfield, which is yeah the classic Lakeland horseshoe. Um, so yeah, sort of long, sort of bit of a steep climb to start, then long and gradual up to Fairfield itself, mm-hmm. um, and then a bit of rock coming off Fairfield. So you know, there's a bit of rocky stuff there for the uh, yeah the proper mountain mountain goat dancers to to get going. Um, and then yeah, <laughs> long <long-y>, runnable, yeah. <laughs> long runnable descent for those with long legs, but with a little bit of you know a little bit of tech, a little bit of line finding at points, a little bit of bog at points. Right. If you know a few yeah. crags get your line a bit wrong you might have to down climb a crag a little bit you know make sure you don't end up on the wrong side of the wall or you'll get disqualified or you know that kind of thing um Good. yeah and it's just it's a classic it's not been a champs race since 2013 and it's it's well due another go because it's uh yeah it's 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 one of the bigger races on the calendar especially in the lakes um and then what we go May, so then we go into Dudden. So yeah, I feel like you've always got to have a big long Lakeland classic in there. And yeah. Dudden's probably one of the shorter ones, sort of the, it, it, if the weather's good, it'll be one in about sort of 245, 250. Um but again, there's opportunity for walkabout. It's I, I have actually won Dudden and I only won it because you couldn't see more than 10 meters in front, and uh, it meant you could get away from people. Uh, but also people you know uh the front two went wrong and i managed to sneak my way through um but yeah it's got a bit of everything it's got you know it's got a little bit of sort of path track running to start um and then you know a couple of sort of moderate climbs in terms of late late terms but then you know you you drop into mosedale then up little stand which is not little and not stand it's a bloody big hill um and that's yeah it's um that's just you know a big hands on knees power your way up climb you know it'll take a long time to get up there then you know a bit of sneaky line finding if the clag's in um and then another decent but runnable climb up onto the coniston fells um so yeah it's got a bit of everything you know runnable bits rockier bits Uh um a couple of decent descents but yeah that big climb up little stand is where you can watch you can watch the race run away from you uh, or walk away from you more like um (laughs) hands on knees time yeah, so then so that's Dudden, uh, so that's the third race, and then yeah, we're going into Chapel Fell Top, so that's yeah. just a straight out and back. 
Uh-huh. Um, so the record for that's about 33 minutes. Ooh, nice. Obviously, I'm, I'm expecting a champs race. So that will that will probably come down. I think Joe Blackett's from Dark Peak has got the record for that from 99 when he was in good form. But mm-hmm. I think in a champs race, you'd expect expect that to you know quite a few to go under that. You'd hope. Um, so yeah, that's um, sort of starts off on a runnable farm track, um, but then you get up to the um, up on to, above the fell wall, and then you got a bit of sort of grass, grassy running, sort of fell grass running, and then you sort of get above, um, <laughs> but then you go on to sort of more heavy going ground, so sort of bit tussocky, a bit heathery for like the final push up to the summit, and then there's a few gruffs up on top, so you need to sort of find your way into the into the the summit checkpoint. Um, and again, that's one where you know if it's a lovely clear day, um, there's some, you know a little bit of line finding to go on. But if the cloud comes in, the, you know someone could just put a bomb under the race and the field just scatters everywhere. So I'll be honest, that race has got Matt Elkington written all over it. You know, short, fast, heavy ground and potential to navigate. But yeah, so that that's the favor then. What the favor you've done him there? Have you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is when he gets his ass absolutely handed to him. But yeah, it's sort of that, yeah, sort of strong people who are fast but also strong, because um, yeah. it's really sapping up on the up on the top of the top of on on the top of the hill. Yeah, um, and then yeah, sort of, and then we go on to Sebra Hills, which yeah has been been a champs race before, and yeah, it's it's sort of it's steep, but it there's you know a good bit of sort of. Not necessarily fast running, but you know it's a lot of runnable stuff. But then again, there's sort of a bit a, a long, a long steep climb up at the end, sort of hands on knees, power walking, and then you drop into the bottom of the valley, and then it's sort of a long runnable climb up to the top of the Howgills at Calf Top. So mm-hmm. you know, and that late in the race, that's you know that's a bit make or break there, and then a long run off back to the village. It's about sort of four four miles or so so yeah long run off so yeah if you've if you've gone too far too soon you'll uh, yeah you'll be swimming and going backwards on the way back into the finish and then yeah on to shelf more at glossop so sort of fast run out along a track sort of just gradually steepens and then you're up onto the fallow grass up onto james thorne and then up onto yeah up onto shelf more and then a, a really fast run off um, I went to watch that last year and speak to the organiser and I was watching Tom Savile come down and a few other lads and I was just there going, oh, I really want to be racing down this. It looks so good. It's just that kind of thing where you just pin your ears back and lean forward a bit and you feel like you're absolutely flying. So, nice. yeah, that's... Oh, champs then as well. But... That, that's the other thing is when you're picking that race, that's the last race. So that could be, yeah. you know, like... That's the crucible, isn't it? That could be the one where it all hangs on. So Oh yeah, definitely. That's going to be a, a test of, you know, who's who's sort of running well as they come, you know, come out of the, the bulk of the season and into the uh, yeah, into sort of relay season. But yeah, that'll be, you know, that'll be the flying machines coming down that last descent will be impressive, impressive to see. Yeah. Nice. Oh, wicked. No, I really appreciate that. That's a good little uh that's a good little teaser, I think, for people. So I'm going to now turn to the hard-hitting part of the interview because I think people like me to ask the tough questions. So this was from a friend. How do you keep your lovely little beard so trim? (laughs) (laughs) It's looking a bit straggly at the moment. It it grows so slowly. 
Um, <laughs> if I get a sprouty bit, I'll get some tweezers on it. But other than that, I get to a point where I'm like, yeah, I could probably do with a bit of a trim. And I've got an old knackered Aldi beard trimmer that rips my hair out more than trims it. Um, but I'm due a haircut, so I'm going to go to one of the Turkish barbers in town and I might get them to give me some uh, hot flannel and razor action at the weekend. Oh, love it. Go for the full works. I've yeah, still I've got to... That. I'd like to do that for the top of my head, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit frightened as well. <laughs> I've got I've got to pamper myself a bit because the rest of the weekend is uh, DIY and shelf building and painting. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got to get, yeah, I've got to give myself a bit of me time. <laughs> <laughs> love it Nick. another hard question but i don't know if you actually answered this one was what about the clashes between so there are some people who are saying that the international mountain races and the fell champs clash now you did mention something about this to be fair but I think yeah with, yeah with dudden clashing with the worlds is that talk us i think I've yeah. got a good answer to this anyway, so I didn't feel I was fully stitching you. <laughs> no, so no, uh, it's something that I'm aware of. And it's so and last year, you know, people suffered a bit with it. Um, so, but la last year there was a European champs and a world champs. So going forward, I think the Europeans and the worlds are going to be alternating years. It's one of those things where I don't. It's like when they said we can't use Dudden as a British because it's that close to the world, mm. the Europeans. I was like, well, I'm still going to use it for the English. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll put in another race, you know, at, at a different time, which will be more accessible. It's something that, you know, there's so many, so much stuff going on. There is, you know, a certain amount of, you know, the, you know, the runners have to decide what they're going to target that year. And I'd love to fit, have a perfect calendar where everything fits and everyone can do everything they want, but it's you know it's it's difficult. So I I've sort of came to the conclusion that I will focus on the English champs and I will fit them around the British champs. And in fitting around the British champs, I will sort of get a bit of information on like trial races and yeah. um, European World Championships and stuff. But so you know, I was in contact with sort of the British organisers and the, those people. So, and we sort of had a bit of a table up so we could sort of do a bit of planning. But that only sort of came on later in the year. But I'm now, I now sit on British Athletics Mountain Running Advisory Group as the FRA sort of rep to them. So hopefully going forward, there'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be involved a bit more in knowing when things are and um, sort of privy to their decisions on, you know, selection races and timings of championships so i can hopefully um i'm not going to say i'm definitely going to you know factor it all in uh you know completely but i you know i'll be privy to it a bit more so hopefully i'll be able to plan a bit better um so yeah hopefully going forward there'll be a bit less in terms of clashes but you know again it's difficult you've got the six english champs races the three other british champs races the inter-counties trial races and stuff like that so um yeah, there's there's always going to be some clashes and decisions to be made, and yeah, I think as long as you know people can get can get a full set of four counters, um, you know, but then you get people like Billy was unlucky last year because he he was ill the week before one of them, so he bombed out. But yeah, yeah, it's always going to be difficult, but and I'll try my best, but I can't promise anything. But hopefully, there's a bit more information that coming into me so I can yeah right. help with that a bit. I think people will be here pleased to hear that. I mean. 
I'm still upset because you haven't mentioned one race series that it's clashing with, and that is the Totley race series. And I do think that you should start <laughs> considering the likes of Tiger's Trail and Totley Moor and Blackamoor in how you factor, you know, the years, the years <laughs> NFL champs. But if you don't care about us, Nick, you know, what could I do? <laughs> You've done a few of them, have. haven't you? You at least you've had a crack at the old Totleys. Yeah, I've done a few of the Totley races. Good, yeah, good, good lung busters. Yeah, no, yeah, good fun. Yeah, no, the exterm- Yeah, sorry. The exterminator was yeah, was a good, good sort of decent hit out. Yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? I'll take you away from the tough questions, more to the fun questions that I think everyone deserves to be asked when they come on the bait foot. What if you were having an intro song? <laughs> Have you thought about this? If uh, as Nick Barber walks out to uh, to the crowds at the Fell Champs and he's got a bit of intro music like in WWF or <laughs> what are you going for? Oh no, 25-year-old me would have definitely had an answer to this off the top of his head because he'd have thought about it so much when he should have been thinking about racing. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. That's the tough one then. I'm <laughs> tempted to go, I'll probably go there's something like One Step Beyond by Madness. I think that's a good that's a good entrance track, isn't it? Yeah. And then I'd skank in, <laughs> neck a pint, and then disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That is a good one. I, I I was playing these on the episodes and then I read something about um copyright and how they yeah. have people who can like Google this. And I was like, yeah, I like doing this podcast for a bit of fun and yeah. thing, and I don't really want to get fined by like, yeah. Is that no one... for cl- classical music is out of copyright, so if you want me to say yeah. "O Fortuna" oh, for tuna by from Carl Carmina Burana by Carl Orff, you can have that. But you know, that's the it. that's that's the X Factor music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I can play a little bit of that. Maybe that'd be lovely. And then if you could go for tea with one fell running legend, who would it be and what would you have for your tea? Well, I've had Matthew Elkington around for dinner. I've had Reese Finney Robinson around for dinner. <laughs> um, I, quite, I listened to Matt's one and, yeah, the Gary Devine. And yeah. Said, yeah, when you mentioned Gary Devine's book, but I went to, to Gary Devine's place in the in the Pyrenees and he cooked us dinner, so that counts. I've had, <laughs> I've had dinner with dinner with him. Um, <laughs> There's only one left. No, I just I like the old stages really. So you know the, the ones that are still going. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably oh, put me on the spot now. I don't know. You get to give a note. Just people like Roger Ashby and Robert Taylor from Pennine. Yeah. They're just, you know, they're both in the 70s. Rob Taylor was the Vet 70 champion last year. Rob Taylor always, he's, I remember I was at a, like a peak fell race once on a, on a Sunday and we'd all raced hard. And then he was just there in like a, like a linen blazer and slacks and then got into his, his classic is is sort of like you know classic Merck and was you know say like, oh yeah I'm off to pick up the wife from the garden centre and take her out for dinner or something like that he's just you know he's just so smooth stuff like that so yeah and uh, Roger's just Roger's just great you know he's he's sort of you know out for hours on the Lakes Classics when he did him a few years ago and just yeah always smiling and at the end and uh, oh my god you no know, so sort of, yeah people like that uh, yeah and what are you having for tea. 
I've had it. I had some uh, peri peri chicken. <laughs> chicken. Yeah, just just a bit of chicken, please. This is the fun. I'll run a restaurant, but yeah, go for a bit of chicken. Oh, no, I thought that. Oh, what moment now? Oh, yeah, this is kind of <laughs> no. Yeah, let's go for chicken. Sort of that. Like that. Yeah. Strong I'm enough. Bothered. Strong <laughs> enough, yeah. Oh, wicked. And then actually, now I thought of one thing you were saying, because actually you have done the champs a fair bit. So maybe you could leave us with a favourite story of your champs experiences. Maybe you could have a little, what was your best race, but also, you know, what what what's a quintessential Nick Barber champs experience story? What have you got to, uh, from all your years doing them, what can it bring into life? Well, a quintessential one would be turn up, finish somewhere between 25th and 50th. Basically, <laughs> I'm generally, I'm generally between sort of. I did sort of very good job of sort of fitting between 40th and 50th for a while, um. But my best best result, I was when Langdale was last the last counter in 2016. Uh-huh. I was just I had one of those days where I've just flew, and it's like, oh, I'm running with some good runners here. Let's hope I can stick with them, and then sort of left them. And then just sort of like overtook, what was it? I like overtook Joe Baxter, then overtook Peter Bray, then overtook Carl Bell, overtook Tim Ellis, and then was going up, uh, overtook Morgan Donnelly, who was a British champion not many years before. And you know, over, and then coming off Blisco, like closing down Kim Collison, and then um, Jack Wood and Morgan Donnelly took the wrong line and ended up going off on the uh, Free Shires line instead of the Langdale line. And I went past Kim Collison, and yeah, I've Finished tenth in the champs race, and uh, yeah, that's the best best result by quite a long way. But it wasn't it wasn't the result. It was just one of those days where you're like everything just falls into place, and you feel amazing. And it was a beautiful yeah. day. You know, it's not like it was a navigational pea super. It's yeah. just one of those days where you're like, oh, maybe I can do this. Um, I'll go yeah, around and pick those names back up afterwards as well. That day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I've, I've never beat. I've rarely beat any of them since. But uh, yeah, no, it was, that was just one of those days where it's like, yeah, that was a special day and I ran a good time. And uh, yeah, no chance of getting anywhere near that now, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, thank you for, you know, putting all that you have done into the champs. Thank you for coming on the pod for a nice little uh, nice little teaser, taster episode for everybody. And yeah, yeah. I do wish that you uh, get a bit of good luck, get a bit of good news and get yourself back out on the fells to uh race the champs that you're putting together yeah i hope so i'll, I'll be at Longmind watching uh, uh but I've, I've entered to the british champs race in northern ireland whether i'm going to have a bit of a run around or just to drink a load of guinness i don't know yet and then <laughs> yeah we'll see hopefully i'll get a setting but the baby's due between fairfield and dudden so uh we'll see, we'll see what happens around there <laughs> good luck with that yeah oh, i hope it all goes well well, yeah. thanks for coming on, Nick. It's been a been a good one. Yeah, no, no worries. Pleasure. So after getting Nick on to talk about Longmind and to give his predictions, I actually forgot to ask him what his predictions were. So he very kindly sent me a little Longmind preview WhatsApp message which I have for you now. All right then, Charlie. So I don't normally look at start, start lists, but especially for you, I had a look at the uh, 
Longmind Valley ones. So here's what I'm uh, thinking from the start list. So the main headline is that the defending English champions, Hannah Russell and Matt Elkington, aren't on the start list unless my search technique has evaded me. So on the women's side, second last year, Nicola Jackson is in very good form. She beat uh, Sarah McCormack at Blake's Heaven a couple of weekends ago. And uh, Sarah is also racing at Longmind Valleys on the start list. Um, Sharon Taylor, third in the champs last year and first vet 40, is running really well at the moment after her two GB vests last year. And uh, Eve Pannone was Eve Pannone was fifth last year and first under twenty three and yeah no she's running really well. Um, people I'm really interested to see um, Sarah Will Hoyts from Mercia, a local race. I think she had a good run at Buckton last year. It'd be interesting to see how she gets on. Uh, the main one is Philippa Williams from Dark Peak who won the Northern Cross Country Championships by a good sort of 30, 40 seconds uh, last weekend. It'll be really interesting to see how she goes. Uh, she's also got, a, I believe, a bronze medal from the European uh, Mountain Trail Running Championships a few years back. And um, one ringer in the mix, uh, former GB elite orienteer and uh, fifth in the world champs in, back in 2015, uh, Cat Taylor from Black Coombe is also on the start list. So, yeah, it'll be, there's uh, some some well-known names there and some names that maybe aren't quite as well-known in the fell running community. Uh, on to the men. Uh, 2021 champion Billy Cartwright is back. Brennan Townsend, second last year, and Ben Rothery, third last year, also back. Uh, Dan Howarth appears to have extricated himself from somewhere between Bowfell and the Crinkle Crags, and he's uh, he's back after a very good, um, very good sixth place at the Northern Cross Country Champs last weekend. Uh, Billy Cartwright won Blake's Heaven a couple of weekends back uh, in a fast time, and Ben Rothery won the Style Out of Side Barrow race uh, as well. So yeah, they're showing a bit of early season form. Other people who'll be a bit interesting to see, Chris Holdsworth has some very good fell race results over sort of the more runnable, faster stuff. It'll be interesting to see how he deals with the uh, the steeper climbs. And uh, Luke Fisher from Tombridge, he finished second at Bradwell last year um, and also came a close second at the Mountain Trial. So he's just getting into fell running. And yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how he gets on uh, tackling the champs this year. And then also on the start list, uh, Dan Connolly, from Mercia, local local runner, he's a, a good runner uh, on the, the faster stuff, be good to see how he goes and if he tackles the champs all this year. And uh, Chris Richards from Helm Hill uh, is also on the start list, he's been a bit injured over winter but he seems to be getting back to running and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, and one other, Tim Lamont from Helm, he won the first champs race last year and then proceeded to uh, get infected blisters on his feet and fall off his bike. So he wasn't really seen much for the rest of the season, but it'll be really good to see if he can string together a set of results. Someone else fairly new to fell running, but uh, definitely got the skills, uh, the uh, the physical capacity and yeah, learning every time they go out racing. So no, really good to see. And then, yeah, look at some of the under-23 runners. You've got um, really good to see what Finn Grant, Ben Sharrock and Ewan Patton can sort of do. Uh, so, yeah, and then you move into the vets. Um, sort of, uh, on the you know, a few new vets, people who've had their birthdays recently. Uh, men's Vet 40, Carl Bell and Steve Hebb 
for both from Keswick and now now Vet Forties as well, and uh, it's really good in the women's side. The Vet Forties, Forty Fives, good to see um, Helen Hay. Used to be Helen Berry. Really good to see uh, Helen come back after a few a few years of injury. So, no interesting racing all through the field and. Uh, yeah, looking forward to cheering some people on at Longmind Valleys and uh, hope I've not put the kiss of death on anyone. So thank you for listening to the first episode of the new series. I hope you've enjoyed that. It's been very good of uh, Nick to come on and talk to us about how he puts the champs together. And if you see him out in the fells and you want to show him your appreciation for the uh, work he does as a volunteer for the FRA, then please do. Uh, you might spot him with his... Neat little beard there. I'm not going to do a fell running news this episode, just to keep it short and sweet. And if you're racing on Saturday, have a great one. If you're just out for a run, have a lovely time. Take it away, Carl. Mm-hmm.